angry, 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 angry at arthritis. Welcome to Angry at Arthritis. My name is Steve O'Keefe, and we're talking about osteoarthritis, how to understand the disease, and where we are in our journey to cures. This is the patient's guide to osteoarthritis that I wanted when I received my osteoarthritis diagnosis. Insights from the world's leading osteoarthritis research and clinical experts. Consumer direct to the state of the science as we hunt for cures. I'm going to start this episode a little differently with a special prequel or carve out. You see, while I'm excited about all my guests, I have an osteoarthritis crush on my next guest, Dr. Ivan Martin, and his innovative approach to fixing osteoarthritis. This is some heady, but also complex scientific stuff. So let me lead with this perspective and also a couple of carve-out quotes from our conversation with Professor Martin. I want to entice you to listen to the whole thing. Ivan and his team at Basel University are the only folks I found anywhere in the world that have successfully cured osteoarthritis in human patients, not just mice or sheep. They've grown cartilage and inserted it in human patients to fix osteoarthritis. And they're not only focused on knees. Professor Martin's team has treated cartilage problems in knees, ankles, shoulders, and next up, plans to operate on somebody with osteoarthritis in his elbows. Yes, that's me in 2024. A couple of sound bites to entice you to listen all the way through. Spoiler alert, this may make you very hopeful. Dr. Yvonne Martin. And so we have treated now six patients with advanced stages of osteoarthritis in the knee in different forms of osteoarthritis. And these patients would have had as an alternative treatment only a prosthetic implant at that stage. And they are now two or five years down the line still living a normal life without a prosthetic implant. Are you looking at joints beyond the knee? So we have already treated clinically patients with cartilage defects in the ankle, at the shoulder, and we're planning for extending this introduction of the engineered cartilage also for defects in the elbow. I strongly ask you to consider making a donation to help fund osteoarthritis research on our website. Just click the donate button. You hear more about the amazing work researchers and clinicians around the world are doing, advancing OA cures, but money is always a factor. We appreciate your support so we can all get better together. Okay, let's get to the full interview with Professor Ivan Martin at Basel University. Ivan, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for the interesting having a chat with me. I think I first read about your work over a year ago. I think it was a Stat Magazine article, and I've been fascinated with it ever since. So I'm excited to have you join us today. So let me just uh, give a little bio here. Professor Dr. Ivan Martin studied biomedical engineering at the University of Genova, where he obtained his PhD in 1996. 
Between 1996 and 1999, he was a postdoctoral associate at Harvard MIT. He joined the Department of Biomedicine at the University Hospital Basel in 1999 as leader of the Tissue Engineering Research Group in close coordination with surgical units. And I think that's important, the translational aspects of the work that Ivan and his team are doing. In 2007, he was appointed Professor for Tissue Engineering at the University of Basel. And from 2021, he has been the director of the Department of Biomedicine. Ivan is also married to Gabriella, who runs a mean gelato shop in Basel. And I have sampled their wares myself, and I thoroughly recommend them. Where do you live and what do you do? So I live in Basel in Switzerland now since more than 24 years, originally from uh, Italy. My background is, as you mentioned in the bios, is engineering. I've always been fascinated, especially after my engineering studies, by the field of biology. Engineering is typically related to designing and biology research is dedicated to discovery. And I was probably more fascinated in discovery than uh, in the design, discovering the mysteries of how our body works, how our integral parts, the tissues, are actually functionally connected together. And I ended up uh, being a, a tissue engineer that somehow combines these two principles, trying to discover how our tissues function to be able to recapitulate those functions in design principles that can be used in a therapeutic fashion to replace our tissues when they lose their function or when we miss them for some reason. Thank you. And I think the work that you've been doing, as I pointed out at the beginning, is really some of the most breakthrough in terms of translation. And the fact that you're already in clinical trials is really exciting. How long have you been engaged in the field? And what drew you to OA? I started my PhD in 1994 in the period of a hype of the field of tissue engineering. I've been exposed to the initial uh, discoveries on uh, how cells organize a tissue, how principles of development can be implemented into engineering strategies. I happened to be exposed to this field in the context of musculoskeletal tissues, cartilage and bone specifically. Therefore, I got engaged in this field and I discovered that indeed there is much to understand why our cartilage, for example, fails to regenerate, not only after injuries, after traumas, but also in uh, more chronic uh, pathological processes of degeneration, including osteoarthritis. So let's get to the exciting part. Please explain your NTEC procedure. What is it and what is its promise? So NTEC stays for nasal cartilage cell-derived tissue-engineered cartilage. In principle, it's a very simple concept and process. So we take uh, a small biopsy from the nasal septum to isolate some cells. We grow these cells in number so that we can generate a tissue that is larger than the initial biopsy. And then this tissue is implanted back into the patient in areas where the cartilage needs to be regenerated. So for example, in the knee. 
we have a viable solution that has been clinically tested already in more than 100 individuals and which is giving very promising results. So if I might, for our audience, what you're saying is that you biopsy, you cut a piece of the septum, the nasal septum, and you take that to the lab, you grow it out into a patch, and then you cut that through surgery into the joint to replace the cartilage damage. Is that correct? It's correct. The process of growing out the piece of cartilage from the nose needs probably to be clarified a bit. So we are actually taking out the cells from the cartilage of the nose. We isolate them as single cells. So they are not any longer a tissue. And we grow them in a typical culture Petri dishes to have a sufficient number to reassemble them into a new piece of cartilage, which is larger than the one that has been harvested from the nose. And then this patch of engineered cartilage is actually cut in the size and shape that matches the requirements of a defect in the joint of a patient. Thank you for clarification, Yvonne. Why do joint replacements fall short today? Because a lot of people are having them. Yeah, so there are several reasons. So the metal or plastic prosthetic implants are not satisfactory because ultimately they are not uh, of the materials that can best interact and integrate with our biological tissues. So they are prone to infections. They can be associated to a certain level of instability. The patient uh, sometimes feels uncomfortable with these. And most importantly, after some time, they need to be replaced. For some types of osteoarthritis, this happens already in one out of five individuals after the period of five years. And if these are young individuals, you don't want and you cannot afford replacing a prosthetic implant several times. So we need to find a solution that is so-called disease modifying. So not replacing with a synthetic material our joint, but effectively inducing a regeneration of a piece of cartilage that for some reason has uh, degenerated. Yes, I was having dinner with a friend of mine, a former congressman actually, who had both knees replaced 10 years ago, and he is in a terrible place today. My wife's friend who had a knee replacement in her late 30s is also having challenges. So the point is that these prosthetics do wear out and that creates all kinds of problems from a lifestyle standpoint. So why are you using nasal chondrocytes? Could I ask you that? This is a, a discovery that comes out from our uh, laboratory in Basel in Switzerland. It is quite distinct from uh, many of the approaches which are followed by other groups uh, of research in, uh, in the world. So we have discovered that cells taken from the nasal cartilage have a very specific capacity to regenerate new cartilage to a level of quality and to a level of reproducibility across different uh, patients, which is uh, clearly superior than any other type of uh, cartilage cells taken from other parts of the body, or even superior to the so-called stem cells, which are supposed to be the progenitors of cartilage cells. And not only this quality of the cartilage generated out of nasal cartilage cell is superior and is more reproducibly generated, 
but also it has so-called environmental plasticity, which implies the capacity to adapt to a different site of implantation and to interact correctly with the resident cells, even at different sites. And we are trying to identify why the nasal cartilage has these properties. It seems that this is associated with the derivation from the cranial compartment of our body, where most of the hierarchically superior organs like the brain, the eyes, reside. And somehow this information remains encoded even in tissues which seem to be relatively less important, like the nasal cartilage, but still retain this regenerative capacity and environmental plasticity, which is key for a successful therapy in tissue engineering. And so what you're saying is that the nasal cartilage seems to be superior, and I understand that it's also more resistant to inflammation? This is the second uh, piece of information that we more recently have acquired, that nasal cartilage cells are more resistant to inflammatory signals, which are typical of a degenerated osteoarthritic joint. Not only, but the nasal cartilage cells produce factors which can positively condition the inflammatory site of a joint. So, for example, inducing cells from the synovial membrane that surrounds the cartilage in the joint to produce less inflammatory factors. And so this is the prerequisite for the engineered nasal cartilage grafts to resist in a joint and to rescue the joint as a disease-modifying product. Yes, there's a lot of conversation about this notion of the joint as an organ. And so the idea is that these nasal chondrocytes have a calming, soothing effect on the joint, as well as replacing the cartilage, which is fantastic. Are you looking at joints? You started in the knees, I understand, with the nose to knees program. Are you looking at joints beyond the knee? So we have already treated clinically patients with uh, cartilage defects in the ankle, at the shoulder, and we're planning for extending this introduction of the engineered cartilage also for defects in the elbow. Yeah. And I mentioned in the first episode that I am planning to uh, come out to Basel and have you look at my elbows. So I'm excited about that prospect uh, in full disclosure. Um, I understand you've been in human clinical trials for some time, which is really, really exciting. Can you tell us a little about the results of your trials so far? So the first uh, trials, which have now engaged uh, more than 100 individuals, were related to address uh, so-called focal lesions of cartilage, so confined injuries in the cartilage, which are typically of traumatic origin. And for these patients, what we have demonstrated is the safety and the feasibility of the use of nasal engineered cartilage grafts. We have also obtained very promising evidences of efficacy not only based on the self-assessed subjective scores that individuals, patients compile after their treatment, even in longer-term follow-ups, but also based on objective criteria, which are radiologically based on the development of the tissue at the site of the injury into progressively more cartilaginous composition. So great results from your early work in focal or confined cartilage injuries. 
But how did you make the transition from small post-traumatic damage to apply NTEC to broader joint osteoarthritis? These studies have also indicated that those cases which were more complex because uh, associated with a revision of previous surgeries were also proceeding very favorably for a patient. And so this made us think that probably we can extend the indication of the application of this engineered cartilage product, not only to the focal so-called more simple lesions of cartilage, but also towards those which are more complex and associated with degeneration. So what has your success looked like? in treating patients with actual osteoarthritis. And so we have treated now six patients with advanced stages of osteoarthritis in the knee in different forms of osteoarthritis. And these patients would have had as an alternative treatment only a prosthetic implant at that stage. And they are now two or five years down the line still living a normal life without a prosthetic implant. So these are, at this stage, anecdotal experiences, but highly promising towards extending the clinical trials towards this patient category. Yeah, I have spoken, as you know, to a number of your patients, and I've been very impressed with their testimonials and their experience with NTEC. So you've already had a series of clinical trials. You're in trials in other joints. You're mostly looking at elbows, hopefully next year. What do you see as the path forward for NTEC? So the next step for the implementation in the clinic, possibly as a routine treatment of the engineered nasal cartilage, is uh, the possibility to identify what specific category of osteoarthritic patients could best benefit of this treatment. I would like to emphasize that osteoarthritis is not one disease. It's a collection of diseases, which is very heterogeneous from patient to patient. And we need to identify those characteristics of patients that could be best addressed with the properties of the engineered nasal cartilage. And this should be done by identifying so-called biomarkers, or endotypes of patients that can help identify groups that predictively and reproducibly will benefit out of our treatment. This requires larger numbers of patients to be treated and uh, suitably powered clinical trials. And this requires funding, and uh, this is where we are now. So people are jumping up and down in their seats listening to this podcast. Because you're the only group right now that offers a clear path to a cure, and you're already in humans, you're already in clinical trials, and you're expanding to multiple joints because there's so much focus, as you know, on the knee. Do you have plans to come to America, and how can people sign up to participate in your clinical trials, Yvonne? So we have a, a portal in our hospital website for uh, submitting interest by patients about possible participation in one of our trials. And uh, this portal is open to any patient from anywhere in the world. So we have treated uh, one individual from Finland and one other from uh, Australia, all coming here to Switzerland for this treatment. The costs of a trial 
are covered because it's a clinical trial. But obviously, the travel costs have to be personally arranged. And uh, the follow-up plan, so the clinical visits, timed intervals, could be challenging if patients come from very far away. But in principle, that is possible. The plan is obviously to offer the engineered nasal cartilage treatment also in patient, to patients uh, in North America. And this requires uh, that our clinical trials here in Switzerland and in Europe continue to indicate uh, benefits to the patients, uh, clinical success, and this will be instrumental for regulatory agencies in North America to accept the Antec product as one of the viable treatment options for patients in the North American territory. Yeah, I actually signed up through your portal on your website, initially after reading the article in STAT, in order to try to see if it was possible to get into your clinical trials. And I was amazed at how quickly we were in communication and trying to work out how to make that happen. Considering America, you are going to be here on May the 11th speaking to the Congress about the value of NTech. And I know that everybody in America is going to get more and more excited when they recognize that you have a viable solution for osteoarthritis, candidly the only one that I've seen today on the table. Looking forward to that event. Yeah, we're looking forward to hearing from you. So it's not just about replacing cartilage, and you touched on this before. We need to address the underlying causes that make the cartilage disappear. As you replace the cartilage, have you considered combinant therapies? Obviously, if we implant the best possible engineered cartilage in a joint which is not healthy, then it will end up being destroyed and degenerated as the initial native best quality cartilage tissue that we initially had. So clearly, we need to address the cause of the disease. And today, we already do that. For example, in patients with certain obesity or abnormal loading of the joint with targeted physiotherapy so that the cartilage can be better protected within the joint. Or if a cause of the disease was driven by the non-correct alignment of the axis of the legs, then we introduce an osteotomy, so a procedure to straighten the leg axis and to avoid this abnormal loading into the joint. In the future, we consider additional combined treatment that more specifically target the high levels of inflammation in an osteoarthritic joint. And uh, this is to be carefully investigated at the cellular and molecular level. So it, it does require additional time, but it could lead to a combination of engineered tissue plus pharmacological treatment that could be most potent for osteoarthritic joints. Super, thank you. In addition to your research, what do you see as the most promising areas in the quest for an effective OA treatment and cure, and in what timeline? So how can we cure the incapacity of cartilage to regenerate ultimately? And uh, this prompts for the question, why cartilage in first place cannot regenerate? And we know that this is a, a vicious cycle. So we have uh, initially a mechanical challenge in the joint, 
and this uh, is associated with uh, inflammatory conditions. This induces degradation of the cartilage, and the degradation of the cartilage tissue in turn alters even more profoundly the mechanics of the joint. So the fundamental question is, uh, where does this vicious cycle start? And where can we work to exit from this cycle? And this requires more fundamental studies, not only translational, but effectively fundamental science to understand the biology of cartilage cells and of the associated inflammatory immune events during degeneration. What do you see as the biggest challenges for you and your procedure, as well as the quest for a cure for osteoarthritis more broadly? I already mentioned that the osteoarthritis is a complex heterogeneous disease. And so I believe that in first instance, we need to be able to define the different categories of osteoarthritic patients to understand the disease and possibly personalize the treatment. We have a, some bullets, which is, for example, this engineered nasal cartilage, but that also can be customized in the degree of maturation, in the possible enrichment in certain components. And we have, on the other hand, the specific requirements of these different categories of osteoarthritic patients. And we need to be able to match these two spaces of complexity of the graft properties with the patient requirements. This complexity nowadays can be addressed with powerful tools like uh, bioinformatics analysis, artificial intelligence, machine learning. So this is where the field, in my opinion, is progressing. And uh, this will require extensive clinical experimentation along with fundamental science. And that is the reason why clinical trials are essential in a suitable design so that even if they fail, they can deliver information which is constructive for the field. What do you see as the biggest opportunity in our common quest for a cure to osteoarthritis? I'm convinced that the greatest opportunities will come by bringing together different scientific disciplines. I already mentioned I'm an engineer with interest in biology, only with the interactions with material scientists and obviously with clinicians, we can bring the best developments into the field from a scientific standpoint. But also, I'm convinced that the field will develop by bringing together different categories of people beyond science. And typically, the patients have direct connections with the clinicians, and the clinicians have a dialogue with scientists. But what is not happening enough is the direct connection of patients with scientists. And I am convinced that the patient can teach a lot to the scientist by certain observations that maybe a scientific culture and attitude can pick in a different way than a clinician. And the patient can also receive direct information about the challenges of the field, the hopes, the limits, the risks of new therapies, how to be careful to be engaged in certain initiatives which may not be sound, and how to discriminate between the different opportunities which are offered. So I very much value 
the works of angry at arthritis of trying to bring together patients and scientists. Thank you, Yvonne. Thank you for everything that you do. I hope to see you at the ATIO conference in Berlin in May. And uh, if I'm lucky, I will have the time to uh, skip up to Basel and get some of uh, Gabriella's gelato. So thank you so much for joining us. And thank you to yourself and Anka and Markus and the team at Basel for all the breakthrough work that you're doing in trying to solve this terrible disease. Thank you. So there you have it. Nasal cartilage to fix osteoarthritis in multiple joints working in humans today. I can hear you cheering already. Dr. Martin and his team, like others in the osteoarthritis space, are looking for funding to support their work. If you're interested in supporting Ivan and his team, please click the donate button on the Angry at Arthritis website. A couple of points of clarification before I sign off. No, the act of harvesting cartilage cells from your nose does not leave you disfigured. Funny thing, the cartilage in your nose regenerates all of its own in a couple of months. I guess that's what made Ivan and his team curious. And that's what sets nasal cartilage apart as a puncture repair kit for cartilage in the rest of the body. Yes, you can literally sign up for the clinical trials in Basel, Switzerland, and it's free, but space is limited. The more funding we can raise, the greater capacity for those procedures and trials. With that, I'd like to say thank you for your time, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of Angry at Arthritis, science direct to the consumer, the patient's guide to osteoarthritis. Let's not get angry at arthritis. Let's get even. <laughs>